0: Hi, and welcome to Wild Sister Magazine. I'm Lisa Page from Soul Satisfaction for Women. And today we're exploring the topic of wanderlust. And I have to confess that before this article, I actually didn't even know what wanderlust meant. So I Googled it, as you do. And what I discovered was actually pretty amazing, because it was an incredibly accurate description of how I've spent most of my life you see, in the last 22 years, I've moved no less than 25 times. So that's some pretty serious wanderlust. But not only that, I've also lived in six different countries. I've travelled and explored to more than 16 countries and countless more cities. And the thing is that I'm not sharing this with you to brag because, frankly, I didn't actually even know how many places I've been to until this article. And so the reason I share it with you is because in the 22 plus years of Wanderlusting and the 12 plus years of working with women from around the world as a life, love and intimacy coach and workshop facilitator, what I've discovered is that whether we as women are lusting after travel or love or sex or money or relationship or food or anything else, What we're really yearning for underneath all of that is a sense of real belonging, is a sense of belonging in our body, in our heart. And there is a way to experience that whether you travel the world or not, whether you lust after something or not. And that's part of what I want to share with you in this video today. My hope is that through my story that I'm going to share with you today, is you'll recognize threads of your own story, and together, we can explore who we are as wild, wild women, as deep feminine souls, and as a full embodiment of the love that lives and breathes us all. Now, while my wanderlust ways may have taken me to all corners of the globe, and really provided me with some of the most amazing experience and learning, it hasn't always been rosy. And in fact, the truth is some legs of my journey have been downright heartbreaking, and we've all experienced that in our own journeys. But as I look back on a life pretty well traveled, I realized that all the while as I was exploring the world, I was actually on the most precious journey of them all, and that's the journey home to myself. And I think it was probably my dad who got me started on the Wanderlust journey. It kinda of brings tears to my eyes really because, you know, as a hard working young entrepreneur and a family man, he got his pilot's license when I was a child and um he bought himself a twin Cessna six-seater plane and away we went on the most amazing family holidays, really. We flew to faraway places in the middle of the Simpson Desert. Uh, where we camped in tents, and if you know Australia at all, then you might know where that is. You know, I spent my days bathing and fishing in hot steamy springs and dreamily chasing dingo tracks and watching the sunrise in colors I never knew had even existed. We spent magical days in places like Duncan Fraser Island, these tropical islands, you know, way before they became tourist destinations. And we ventured into places like Uluru, the sacred heart of Australia um, and then uninhabited islands in the Spencer Gulf where my brother and I would just take off in the morning with our little lunch pack and explore the island and we'd scour the white beaches for cowrie shells, we'd go uh, climbing the cliffs and sometimes get stuck halfway up. You know, we discovered very penguins and sick rabbits and we counted geckos and... Um, all of that was just an incredible experience as a child. My dad then shifted to boats, and we started uh, sailing and boating, and we would go away for months at the time, and we'd um, go fishing with, in the company of great white sharks, which was pretty scary, um, uh, swimming with dolphins. Uh, it was just profound, really, as I look back, because I think he really instilled that spirit of adventure in us. But of course, you know, it hasn't always been smooth sailing, even when we were kids, you know, there were some pretty hairy, scary times. Um, Like when my dad had to do an emergency landing uh, in a wheat field, that was pretty scary. Um, When our boat drifted off anchor in the middle of the night and ran aground uh, while we were all asleep. So I was very grateful to see rescue at that point in time, as we all were, Um, but through it all, I was never deterred, like I loved these adventures and I really wouldn't have had it any other way, which might explain quite a lot really. So I guess I have my mum to thank for my very own first wanderlusting adventure as a young adult, because uh, when I was in high school and university, I was in a flap about subject choices and she just said to me, look, don't do what everyone else is doing. Don't even do what you're good at. Just do what you love, and I did, and that's probably the best advice my mum ever gave me, along with others, Um, because I did languages. I did French, Italian, and Spanish, and her very sage advice paid off because I got my first job overseas at the tender age of 19 in Spain with the Australian Tourist Commission. And then after a year of working in beautiful Sevilla, I traveled to Morocco and then Egypt, Jordan and Israel, and as I experienced those ancient temples of Egypt and Jordan and, and made lifelong friendships, you know, sailing down the Nile, I remember this feeling of an incredible sense of freedom and deep, delicious appreciation for everything I discovered in every new place, and yet at the same time, I felt this unquenchable desire to see more, to feel more, to explore more. So I guess at that point Wanderlust had officially set in. Um, From there I began working for an Australian based uh, marketing company as a program manager and pretty soon I was living and working in five star hotels and resorts in Sydney, then New Zealand, Malaysia and then the Philippines. And I loved it, absolutely loved it. What's interesting is, at around the same time, I got my first, of many, pair of red shoes. And I don't think this is a coincidence. You know, I'd put them on and I'd declare, you know, Dorothy style, there's no place like home and, you know, tap my heels together. But for me, home was never a place. It was a feeling. It was a sense of belonging, a feeling that I was at home in my own skin, in my own life, no matter where I was in the world. And it was in the Philippines that I met my husband-to-be, the father of my son, who's now 12. And I didn't hesitate to move from Southeast Asia to the USA. Um, Eventually, we returned to Australia and got married to um, have a family and build our business. And um, I fell pregnant with our son. And the fine dining restaurant we created you know, it won many awards, but things got complicated. While I was pregnant, um, I knew something was wrong, really, really wrong, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. What I didn't realize was that the man I loved was in the throes of a total breakdown. So with a restaurant to run and a new babe in arms, uh, I began my first dark night of the soul. And for me, it was sacred initiation into the world of feeling, and there was no escaping it. Numbing was not an option. And I thank Goddess, really, for my meditation teacher at the time because she taught me the power of breath and showed me how to be with what was, to stay open and feel the pain and the ecstasy that existed in each moment. And that was such an incredible gift. And so, began my yogic phase, as I call it. I traded in my multi-award winning business to study yoga and the power of breath in depth for the next four years, and eventually went to live in an ashram, which is a yogic spiritual community. And I still had my red shoes, but they were temporarily replaced with sensible yoga sandals, just as green juice replaced wine and meditation replaced sex. So there was quite a shift. The time in the ashram for me was really special because it helped me to cultivate my deep sense of devotion to life and love, really. And I'm really grateful for that. However, looking back, I realized that what I was doing was using my spiritual practice to transcend my body so that I could feel peaceful, which sounds great, right? The thing is, I was all love and light, for sure. But actually I was avoiding how I was really feeling and in doing that I was ignoring the innate wisdom that comes with feminine feeling, that innate wisdom that was calling me home to the bliss of my body and the power of my sexuality and the fulfillment of my own unique divine feminine expression. And so I discovered Tantra and began studying with David Data in the US who, In my heart and mind is one of the most amazing sacred intimacy masters in the world and I've studied his work for over six years now with deep appreciation I said goodbye to the ashram and I guess in true wanderlust style began my most powerful but vulnerable exploration yet. And that was the journey home to me, home to the love I am embodied as woman in all the shades of dark and light and red that I am. You know, these days I live in a quiet part of the world uh, in South Australia on the beach with my amazing son and my divine man with whom I've been in a profoundly loving fully alive and wholly with a capital H committed relationship for nearly six years, and I don't know if I'll ever settle down, so to speak, in one place, but I definitely feel at home in me. My spiritual practices have taken on a whole new purpose now, not to transcend the body, but to be fully alive in my body, not to transcend desire, but to be a full embodiment of that which I desire, the full embodiment of the love I am. And I have to say that it's the power of breath that really brings me over and over again back to that place within myself, back to the juice and truth of who I am as a soul, as a heart, as a woman. And so I invite you right here and now, just take a moment to breathe all the way down all the way down to your belly. Feel the cool air coming in through the nostrils and the warm air as it leaves, but let it sink you further and further down into your heart, into your belly, because as you travel your breath within you, you find home. There's a natural pause that resides at the end of the in-breath, and the end of the outbreath, and maybe you've never noticed it before, maybe you have. You don't need to extend it or make it any longer than it is, but just right here and now notice it. Breathe in fully and notice that pause and for a brief moment, for the moment it exists, just allow yourself to relax as openness in that pause, because as Osho says, within that pause is where your truth lies. That's home. So I invite you to use your breath as a means to travel who you are as a woman. Juicy, alive, delicious, devoted, open-hearted. Let your breath be that which carries you into the most deep and sacred parts of yourself. And let your breath be that which allows you to express all that you are through your body. This is my invitation to you. Thank you. Thank you for hearing my story. I do hope that the threads of it have woven the threads of your own journey and have awakened something within you that brings you back to home within you. Thank you.